Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Katie Chinakis about fostering and promoting a growth mentality with short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. Katie Chinakis, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I'm super thrilled to have the opportunity to chat with you today. Uh, I, I've had a lot of different guests on with a lot of different types of experiences coming from different walks of life, uh, but I don't think I've had anyone on to date who has been so entrenched in, and uh, involved in the Hollywood entertainment industry, and that's your background. So we're going to be talking about um, self-leadership and fostering and promoting a growth mentality. We'll zoom in on short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals and how that can help foster overall growth and abundance mindsets. Uh, but ultimately, you know, we're going to be doing that from the context of your background in the Hollywood entertainment industry, which I think is really fascinating. As we get started, I just wanted to share Katie's bio with everybody. Katie Chinakis is a strong female leader who has worked in the Hollywood entertainment industry for over two decades. She has worked with 19 legendary A-list stars in one year, and the list is long. I could list them all off, but everyone that you've heard of, uh, she grew up running across country, so she has the mind growth mentality of short-term, medium, and long-term goals. She is now a woman's empowerment coach in the entertainment industry. She is focused on time management, and she coaches clients on the 11X method for personal and professional psychological health, maintaining our morals, ethics, and values. Uh, what a wonderful, interesting, and unique background. Before we launch into the conversation, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your, your personal context? Uh, first, I would just like to say, um, you know, for the listener and the viewer, thank you so much for being here um, You know, to have this conversation. We hope to provide value and a lot of insight to inspire you for your own life and your own journey. And so just for being here, I remember one time I was at a world's event in um, Hollywood and Gary Vee was this keynote and he was, you know, on stage and he said, um, when someone has an idea with someone, it's worth $4 million. And then he said, but the number one most valuable thing is our attention right here. We can only focus on one thing at a time. So for uh, Jonathan to ask me to be here and for us to exchange our moments and our energy is so sacred. And then for us to be a ripple effect to provide value for the viewer and the listener, I just want to honor you for being here because it means so much to us and the work that we do and the lives that we lead. So we understand the value of your time. And um, so I just want to say thank you so much. This is going to be a great conversation. Wonderful. And amen to everything you just said. I completely agree. I really appreciate and I'm frankly blown away by the loyalty and commitment of, of the listeners uh, who tune in again and again and again. Uh, it's, it's a bit humbling, um, but I, I'm pleased to 
continually have the, the opportunity to talk to such fascinating people and explore such interesting topics. So thanks to listeners for joining us. Katie, thank you for joining today. Uh, before we really launch into the growth mentality and, and setting goals and, and, and such, uh, maybe just give tease us a little bit on how you got into the entertainment industry, what that's been like over the last you know couple decades, and then we can move into um, the main topic for today. Sure. I mean, um, that could go um, in so many different ways, but I guess on a macro level, um, I feel like we all have a divine purpose. You know, I feel like we're all, you know, it's just such a gift. It's, a, it's such a gift to be on the planet. And um, my birthday is 11, 11. I'm a numbers girl. So I go with my intuition, uh, my human design. I'm a projector. So you can find your human design at mybodygraph.com. It's free. And so mine is the gift of the invitation. So I always like follow like the journey of when I'm invited to something then I'm invited like wholeheartedly 100%. Um, I grew up running cross country. So I grew up with these Greek roots, knowing tradition, knowing culture, and then knowing like to have this rock to lean on, but not, not, and then being a, an observer as like a, a, like a Greek, you know, philosopher and just like observing culture and people. And so growing up, I had these short-term, medium-term, long-term goals because I ran cross-country. So I feel like running cross-country really gave me, um, you know, a psychological perspective of not only my personal life at, at being a kid, having a sports mentality, but it gave me the understanding of the marathon of life of like having short term, medium term, long term goals. And so I really preserved myself in a way at a very young age, like an intuitive knowing to um, what I put into my body temple, I'm only going to get one like when you get a car, are you going to run it? dry or run it ragged? Or are you going to nurture and take care of it? A car, right? This is our engine. This is our vessel. And we get one and we evolve with it. And so like, God willing, if I live till I'm 90 or 120 or 150, who knows nowadays, <laughs> you know, um, just to be able to be honoring myself and honoring that it's a gift for me to even be here is like where I have to kind of start from. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that. And while I can't relate to running because I'm not a fan of running, <laughs> you know, if, if I'm playing a sport, I, I'm happy to, I can run around all day long, but just to go out and just run, that's not something I've ever, ever been into. Um, but I, I was in very much into biking. I haven't been so much as an adult, just uh, anyone who listens to the podcast knows I have six kids and life is busy and I just don't have time to, um, to do some of those things. But but uh, as a teenager, I, I biked a lot and, and did many very long um, races. And um, so I can, you know, it's, it's somewhat similar. It's different, but it's somewhat similar. You know, doing a 200-mile bike ride uh, is intense. And, and it, it is all about the short-term, medium, and long-term perspective. And it, it helps kind of train your mind to persevere um, when, cause things just get really tough and, and you get to the point where you just want to quit. And I don't know if that's the way it was with cross country, but it certainly was with biking. Um, and, and there were, you know, I, some of my most kind of profound moments in my life that, you know, that shaped me for the rest of my life happened during those rides mm -hmm. where I just had to find it within myself and push through. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and th those have been, you know, lifelong lessons for me. Yeah, I love I love everything you're saying. And again, this could go in so many different directions. Uh, one thing I'll say is, 
um, after my running career after school and I went around the world and I traveled and I got involved in so many different things, um, somewhere along the journey, I completely stopped running for so many years. And I actually, um, I'm an avid runner again, not competing, but I'm totally running again. And I feel so connected to myself as I was when I was a teen that I'll never let it go again. It's like, it was like my mojo that I lost that like, I didn't know that that was a thing, but it's my baseline that connected me to me and it grounds me. So I'm so grateful for that one. Two, um, on a psychological level, again, of being a child, because we all go through different circumstances, um, you know, I, you know, my mom and dad are still married. They have four kids. I come from a big Greek family. So we have all those traditional values and, and those things kind of that I dabbled in. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, you know, my upbringing and, you know, uh, the goodness that I had in my, within my circumstances. However, within circumstances, there are, you know, trying times for every human being an individual. So for me, I'm so grateful. My dad was a cross country runner and he turned me on to cross country running. And out of everyone, um, out of all the kids, not to compare against my family members or anything, but because I think cross country saved me. I think because of cross country, I have done everything that I've done thus far in my life and I have had struggles and, you know, we all have, but cross country with the uh, my neurotransmitters and Dr. Joe Dispenza says we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts and we fire and wire and unfire and unwire, right? Through um, circumstances and patterns. I think by running cross country, what you do as an individual affects the whole, right? So it's an individual sport. So me competing with myself, which I can do in my career and everything I go for. However, what I do as an individual is gonna affect the whole, not, I think it was an outlet for me as a child to be able to get away from maybe the drama and the chaos and all the family stuff that was going on. I was able to be a part of a system and be a part of something that grew my body temple. So I feel for me, God willing, I have children one day sooner than later, but um, I don't have children right now. And God bless you for the six that you have. Um, they're very lucky to have you as a father, guaranteed. Um and I feel for me, like I always said when I was a youngster, cause I saw the pressures of like, you know, Anna Kornikova and she was like so hot and like, you know, being a tennis player, but running cross country, they didn't have that for like cross country runners. It was more of like a nerdy sport, but that I could make cool. And maybe I had my own insecurities and like, I could, you know, we all wore the same uniforms, but maybe I could wear bracelets and wristbands. And there was like some girls who did some things, but anyway, they didn't have the system of like, oh, it's so glamorous, like Anna Kornikova, like a, a tennis career like blah 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 for like a cross-country runner so I was insecure within those means but running cross-country was a, an, uh, a way to keep my mind afresh and keep me focused um you know uh, on the target ahead of me and you know like I said keep me out of like um the stuff that was maybe happening in the schools however I was peer pressured I got I did get involved in some of those things because I ended up you know um stopping cross country I did it sixth grade seventh eighth ninth and then I ended up getting a boyfriend a best friend and then stopping cross country um for a couple years and then like I circled back around quickly and I was able to get a full scholarship and then, you know, continue on and, and do what I could. But I, I went as far as I could with cross country. Like I made my mom and dad proud. I, I proved myself that I could do it. I proved my mom and dad I could do it. And then I was like, okay, I, I proved my mom and dad. This is the farthest I could go. Like, what am I going to do for myself? And at this point, I was already dabbling in modeling. I was already dabbling in local acting things, getting involved 
and seeing what I could do. And then, you know, I became a big fish in a small pond. And then I had to make make the choice like, okay, do you want to go to the next step? I saw what all the successful actors in Michigan were doing. I saw the glass ceiling, right? And then so I went to Hollywood and I made that transition to become like, you know, this fish in a big ocean. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So let's start to make the connection now you know, as we look about, look at how these experiences in our childhood and in our early, early adult life ha- have impacted, you know, our adult life and into our careers. And you work with people as a coach to, to help them regain their focus to, you know, time management, growth mindset, all of these things, um, ultimately to have, uh, you know, a more psychologically, spiritually healthy kind of centered um, peace in their life so they can find more, you know, productivity and fulfillment and meaning and purpose. I think all of those things are so important. So let's talk first about growth mentality. What does that mean to you? We, you know, there, there's lots of stuff out there about growth mindset, abundance mindset. I, I'm a big believer in those. Um, but what does growth mentality specifically mean to you? And then we can connect it into, you know, goal setting and what that looks like in our careers and our adult lives. Sure, sure. Well, uh, neuroplasticity, um, you know, it's proven science um, that we can, uh, you know, change our brain and upgrade our computer system, right? So, and um, heal. And um, so I follow, uh, I mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza. I love Greg Braden. Um, I love Dr. Hyman. So um, I'm really big into following uh, the leading scientists. And so um, when I was a teenager, I read and, um, you know, no matter what, because I, I know some people know about Napoleon Hill and some people know the other stuff projected about Napoleon Hill. That's another conversation. However, when I was a kid, I did read success through a positive mental attitude. And when I read the book, it was, it's like stuff I already knew, but it was a, it was an affirmation that, oh, like my intuition is on the right track. And no matter what, at the end of the day, at the beginning and at the end of the day, 
successor positive mental attitude. So no matter what happens in the storm, if I'm going through, no matter what I'm going through, I take all of that and I'm like, oh, well, that was supposed to happen because of this, no matter like if it was the Titanic or what experience within myself or other people in the circumstances, I always take it no matter how detrimental. And I'm like, and I apply it to the canvas, um, you know, and I, I turn it into art. And so then that's one way to look at it. And then another way to look at it is I always like to start if, um, you know, you come from a perspective kind, it would be like the Toltec, which is, um, Miguel and um, the four agreements, his book, Mastery of Love. Um, he talks about, you know, and as an artist, as a painter, as a doodler, like I love painting. I'm just a complete full artist. Um, I like to come to the canvas with a blank white canvas. So every time I show up and it doesn't matter if I've known you for like 30 years or 15 years or five years, people come with their baggage of already knowing what this person's going to say, already knowing what this person's going to do. So I like to be mindful of, and it's difficult, but it's a practice. Even though I may have known you my whole entire life, I like to come and approach you afresh with the white canvas and give myself the opportunity and to gift you the opportunity that we could have a new conversation and make a new painting together, no matter what we've all been through. I, I love that. Um, <laughs> man, the world would be a better place if we could all be as generous to each other because the bottom line is we all mess up. We, we all put our foot in our mouth. We all have missteps. Uh, sometimes we're not having a good day. And so we say or do things that we regret and it, that can hurt people around us. Oftentimes the people we love the most are the ones that we can hurt the most um, by the things we do and say. And so what you just described, I think is beautiful. It's not easy, but it is something that we can kind of get into the practice of if we can be present with the individuals we're interacting with uh, and just be generous in the way that you're describing, come to them anew, let the old stuff go, uh, don't let it ruminate. Um, obviously, this doesn't mean we're going to put ourselves in positions to be uh, perpetually abused by, you know, people who are physically or psychologically, psychologically abusive. But, you know, most people aren't like that. Most people are trying to do right by others and, and we just make mistakes. So being with them, being generous, uh, and, and building, you know, meaningful, fulfilling relationships of mutual respect and trust, you know, ultimately th that's going to lead to a more fulfilling life, more friendships, more connections, uh, which tends to lead to greater success in career, in just life in general. Well, yes. And a couple of things to what you just mentioned. Um, one, um, when we're, what happens is we're all going to do it and we do it. And whether, and, and when we do it, whether we feel it or not is one thing. It's about awareness. And so um, when we do do it, because I did it the other day, and I feel horrible afterwards, but some of us are numb to it and we're not aware how horrible because it takes a practice and takes work. So one, when you're doing it to someone else, hurt people, hurt people. And when you're doing it to someone else, especially the ones closest to you, because they'll take it because, you know, they love you or whatever. <laughs> um, but um, when you, when you do it to someone else, um, not only are you hurting them, 
we hurt ourselves internally more, whether we know it or not, we're hurting our spirits more, we're hurting our self-esteem, we're, we're hurting our souls and our beings. So whether we were aware of it or not, it's there and we're hurting our, however we hurt someone, we hurt ourselves 10 times more internally, okay? One, so two, what do we do? What's a solution for that, right? We're gonna do it, No, you're gonna do it. No, you're gonna show up to the mat and it's gonna happen. It's going to happen, it's life. It's an inedible. So, it, it, but it's a practice and it's a conscious choice to shift the energy one step at a time, one bit at a time to show up, to be responsible. And after you do it, you're like, oh man, you show up to the person. If it's a minute later, five minutes later, five days later, you know, I did that crappy thing and I apologize. Own up to it. Responsibility to yourself first, even though it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or you might want to do it, but you just show up. You're responsible for yourself. Your it's the ability to respond, right? Instead of react, a reactionary being responsible, the ability to respond. Then you show up to the person and you they apologize, you apologize, you forgive, you forgive and you move on. So the last thing is what we need to do, because we know we're showing up to these search situations and they're gonna happen, it becomes an interpersonal game. This is where I think the cross country really came in because it became a game with myself to develop this and it becomes fun instead of like, oh my God, this horrible thing when this horrible thing happens, even though it's not like a fun thing to do, it becomes eventually a fun thing to do. And you set up tools for yourself like, okay, I get a trigger, I get a hit, I get a hit. On the third one, I'm gonna explode. So when I feel a red flag or someone says something and they're cutting me down because they're saying, pointing you, 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 and the, instead of saying I, they're saying you and they're projecting something onto you because of their own stuff. You're like, I'm gonna exit this conversation. So you prepare before you go into flight, flight and flight and your prefrontal cortex shuts down before our, we have three parts of our brain, before our, our prefrontal cortex shuts down, you know, and we go into survival mode, you know, to protect ourselves, to defend ourselves from the person or from ourselves, we need to get out of there. Even if it's a phone conversation, like no, before, like I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, if, if you're in a work meeting, like, oh, excuse me, uh, you know, excuse yourself. I have to take this call. Do anything to get out. You just get out of the situation, which lastly takes me to a more detrimental situation. If you're with someone who is a, in a narcissistic relationship or an abusive relationship and you're living with this person and it's like you're in like the, the Pentagon, you can't get in and it's prison, then what you can do. Um, and that's a, that's a harder step and it's a harder call, but that's ultimately self-love putting oneself first and you can't help and survive and love another person emotionally unless you fully empower self and love ourselves and empower ourselves to be in our best situation and we're going to be under this rock so you know like having the tools to get out and to get out of that situation and not to be living with it. And I know how difficult it is. I've been in the situation. I definitely know how difficult it is. That's why I can coach people through it. Um, you know, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm there for people and I'm an advocate because I feel like the people who've been through it in certain ways, they're the ones who understand that can hold space, who can listen, who can navigate. We can't tell people what to do. We can suggest and just share our experiences. That's why it's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation right now, because some things are gonna stick and resonate and then others aren't. But you take the good, like success through the positive mental attitude at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, you take what's good and you leave the rest. You do what works for you and you pivot. You do what work, pick up this gem, pick up this gem, pick up this gem for the people who are offering it. Yeah, yeah, excellent, Katie. 
Well, I can't believe it. I was just looking at the time and uh, it has flown by. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to be respectful of your time. and I know you have a busy day, um, but before we close, and perhaps I can have you back on because we've only just scratched the surface and there's so much more I would love to talk with you about. Um, but before we close for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Great, great, great. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely see that you use Anchor and that you can um, use um, Spotify's music. So on all music streaming platforms, if you want to play any of uh, the songs or put any of the songs I created on the Sophisticated Cycles platform, please feel free to include it in the episode if you choose to. Um, otherwise, a loversfairytale.com. Um, the you can stay in touch by going to um, putting in your email and I'll send you a beautiful complimentary gift of the spoken word music videos that I self-produce for um, the the poetry pieces that are inside my new book that's available on Amazon. So loversfairytale.com. And then we can stay connected more that way. Um, the Sophisticated Psychos on all streaming platforms, including YouTube. Um, I think those are the best ways to stay in touch with me. Yeah, I'm on all social media platforms, so. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Katie, so much. It has been a real pleasure as you've shared your insights and I really appreciate everything you have to offer. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Katie can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.